Thanks for tuning in to Spraymakers, the podcast that dives deep into the world of slalom with Chris Rossi and Trent Dennison. The guys bring you past the edge change into the move that drives you high and wide up the boat into the apex of the turn. Enjoy. We've gone through so many different little spots in the course. Last last uh, episode, we, we, we went through majority of people's black hole and how we're riding the handle. And that got me thinking, why don't we talk about the reach or the reach area, or maybe there's a lot of other ways that I would like to refer to it as because reach to me is way off the mark of what's actually happening. But let's just say that this is the period of time where we let go with our hand to where we come back on with our hand. Is that fair to say? Like that's a good section of this to talk about? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause it is, you know, especially we've been, you know, put a lot of idea into, into, into running, you know, closer to to the i or the best ideal line or the or the best possible line, um, striving towards riding the ideal line, and this is really just a continuation of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I I just want to say, I right off the bat, I'm fired up about this. I don't know why I'm fired up about it, but reach just the just even what that makes my head go to drives me nuts, because I think when people yeah. think reach that they're reaching towards the boat, and yes. Like we couldn't be further from the opposite. It's a polar opposite of that as what what I'm striving to do. Uh, yeah. What's your take on that? Well, yeah. So like for me, like when all things, it's, it's it's interesting. Like I, I can I can think back to twenty. I can't remember what season it was. I think it was probably twenty nineteen when I, I was on a run of you know just running bunch of good buoys for you know weeks and weeks on end and i and i had like just this you know you have these kind of fleeting thoughts so they're not really part of your pyramid but they're just things that you notice when you're skiing really well and even at the shortest short i I had this kind of directive in my mind don't reach don't reach don't reach don't reach you know and, and obviously you know when you get to to apex you are max extension and sometimes even on the tips of your fingers but i was actively trying to not reach and 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 what i mean by that is is i i had the right speed and the right timing where as i started to swing close to buoy width i was simply just letting go with my outside hand I'm, and i'm skipping ahead a whole bunch of steps but i'm just going to continue finish this thought i was yeah. letting go with my outside hand and i was actively trying to hold the handle um and hold its position like actually using like a little bit of pressure to not let it get pulled away from my body. Cause what I didn't want is I didn't want me to get too far away from it too soon. As you know, especially as the line gets short, I wanted to, I wanted to just feed it out as I literally continued to ski away from the handle to time that max, max extension away, you know, at the buoy, you know, when the line gets shorter, it really can't happen too much before that. Um, so yeah, it's not a reach. It's um and and then conversely, we we'll just go we'll flip that on its head. The only time I ever feel like I'm reaching Islam is is when I'm running straight lines, and then I am literally trying to trying to reach to squeak my toes out or, or you know out around the buoy. I'm no longer, you know, I'm no longer skiing away from the handle. That was such an ideal that kind of entered my brain way before I, I could even you know think about how it's possible. I, I just, the way that you just kind of actually brought all of that together is, is the, it's kind of the, the, the subject of today's show, you know, or today's episode, yeah. because that's the, that's the thing. Like what I, when I think of this, I think of extension, right? Like yeah. I think of, we, we have, we have spent this, 
We have spent this time talking about the handle path, talking about our body in relation to the handle path, talking about staying in our stance, structured position, our balance position, you know, like all of these things that lead up to it so that we are an extension of this rope. And then, you know, we get to this place where we let go with this outside hand. And what are we really trying to do? You know, why, why are we letting go? Why are we doing what we're doing? And it, you know, and, and then conversely, when you, when do you actually feel like you're reaching like the idea of reaching? And it is when you have lost direction, when you're free, when you're straight lining at the buoy and you feel like you're narrow and you feel like I'm, I may not make this then. And then sometimes you're just letting go to kind of just give a little bit more to the ski, but also put the handle somewhere inside of you so that you can fall into it. Right. But I think, yeah. And I think a lot of people get caught up in pulling long. When you pull long, mm. then we've already talked about this. You create a massive, massive amount of load that you cannot go in the direction that you're trying to go. Thus, the load spikes, rips you up, pulls you inside of your ideal line, causes you to straight line, lose connection to the rope. Okay. And then once you've done that, we're losing that. Now, if we back up, and, and so then, then you're going to think about reaching or basically, in my opinion, what, what that skier is doing is actually just letting go and they're still free, yeah. free flying without doing anything that doesn't really matter. You'll see the handle go in all weird spots. You'll see it go to the inside. You'll see it to go out in front of them you'll, because there's no tension on the rope. Okay. So then people are just kind of putting it where they want. And then they're envisioning, well, where's my outside hand supposed to be? And what am I supposed to be doing here? When you're connected to the, to the swing or to the, the, the rope, you don't have to think about where your, your body is already where it needs to be. And you're just an extension of that, uh, swing and that, and that, that, uh, rhythm. So, you know, I, I'd like to spend more time talking about maybe what, what we are trying to do in these places than why, why we aren't doing it, but it is good for people to understand, like you, that's why, you know, when Trent talks about the base of his pyramid and then the next stack and the next stack, why they're so important. So you have to go back and make sure that your fundamentals are doing what they are supposed to be doing. But when they are, man, in my opinion, turning is relatively easy and a whole lot of fun. And it isn't the place where you're going to crash and you're going to blow out and you're dealing with slack and you're dealing with all these things because you've done all the work to set it up. Yeah. So. Yes. You okay. Know. So, so th- let, let, let's just, let's just start going through this a little bit. So we're, we're going to, we're going to assume or, or how we're going to start this is that you, you know, you have had a, an edge change that isn't too far past the center line. Um, now, like for me, the the next step is 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 making sure like I think where or, or I'll go the other way I think where even if people get a, a good an early edge change but they don't get that full extension away from the handle like like you were saying is is simply and this one's you know this one's actually you know this spans decades of coaching it's it's when that that handle starts to come away from their body too early right like talking about when there's well, while you still have two hands on the handle if, if that you know, again, even if you have had an early edge change, as you come through the second wake into the whitewash, if that handle is coming back towards the pylon or coming away from your hip, there's going to be, there's going to be two things that happen. One is, is that you're, you know, you're still under a considerable amount of load at that point. 
So now that load is going to go from your hip through your spine. It's going to migrate up up your torso. And and as that handle comes away, that's where, you know, if you take a, and I was actually working with someone on this this morning, you take a, a freeze frame of someone coming through the edge of the second whitewash. If the handle looks high there, that tells you simply that it's come away from your body. Because, because again, there is really no such thing as high handle, low handle. It's just where is that handle in relation um, to the middle of your body or the center of your body. So if that handle starts to come away and you start to have that that picture of, of a high handle, now the load's going to be on your upper body. So then, then the trickle down from there is one, because the load is directed into your shoulders instead of your hips, you're going to start to, like you said, tip to the inside. Two, your hips are going to start to unwind, um, you know, because that pull on on the top of your left, or sorry, up the top of your right shoulder if you're headed to one ball. So that, you know, that load goes up to the top of your back arm. It's going to unwind you a little bit. Your hips are going to follow. Then your skis sure to follow next. So, so now you just took all this speed and you're just pointing it straight at the buoy. So, so now this idea of, of you being able to just simply, you know, ski away from the handle through your reach. Now, like this is, this is gone. So, Step one for me is definitely going to be make sure as I come through the center line, through the second wake, through the whitewash and start, you know, arcing up towards buoy width, not buoy line, but the width of the buoy. It's going to be to make sure that that handle does not change in relation to my core or or I like to think about it in relation to my inside hip. Okay. Okay. Can you can you paint me that picture a little bit of the inside hip? Yep. So again, going so you know, going to one ball, that's going to be, that's going to be your, your left hip. So again, cause we talked about this a little bit the other week, hip orientation at this point is everything. You know, if my hips unwind, my feet are going to unwind. I'm going to go straight at the buoy. So again, it, it's as my feet come through, I'm just going to make sure, you know, that back arm, that right arm is going to stay perfectly straight. <clears throat> and as the higher I get, that inside arm is going to get a little bit tighter to my body. That elbow is going to, that arm needs to shorten because that, you know, again, that hip is going to get closer to the pylon than it was when I was directly behind the boat. Um, but again, hip orientation, I'm going to make sure that hip doesn't, doesn't budge. Yep. And, and for me, I could, I could, I really like to, if, if, if I'm in the right position, I just control that with my core. I think about being like hyper concentric as I, you know, the higher up on the boat I get, the tighter that core is going to be because I'm not going to give in to that slightly oppositional force trying to unwind me. Yes. I mean, I go back to a rope swing. Once you pass the bottom of a rope swing and you're trying to hold on to that rope swing going up, what are you doing? You're being concentric. Your core is fully activated and you're holding on or harnessing that energy that you've created in your yeah. downswing, right? Like, yeah. so I yeah. think that's good. Now, would it be fair to safe to say, so from gates, edge changing into one, would it be safe to say as you edge change that your right hip keeps leading your left hip? Mm, or are you trying to paint that for me because like i'm a like as a left foot forward skier mm -hmm. i'm i'm not I'm, I'm certainly not trying to close my hips but i'm trying to i'm trying to keep them on the path that they were on when i hit the, the first wake okay okay you, you know what i mean yep. so, so but that being said like as i swing around this this circular path that you know that right hip is going to to you know, veer down the lake with, with, you know, as my ski starts to, to hit parallel with the boat. Um, 
But uh, no, I, and from, from the way I'm, the way I I'm internalizing it is, is I want, I just want that hip orientation to stay the same as it is, as, as it was with, with my feet, everything running on that, that same arcing path. Okay. Um, if I try to go out, excuse me, if I try to rotate the, if I try to further rotate them or close them or counter them out, I'm trying to go in a, in a place where, you know, in a direction that, that isn't possible. And then, but and then conversely, if I, if I, if I let them rotate in, now I'm going to change my trajectory prematurely. So right. for me, I'm going to, I'm going to try and just stay on the path I'm on. And again, I'm going to do that with, you know, making sure that core stays engaged. So really from, from the waist up, there isn't a whole bunch of movement. It's, I want it to, to, to be as still as possible. And again, that, that idea for me of, of hip orientation, that one's a, that one's powerful for me because that's something I can, you know, I can feel immediately. Right. So again, rotating, trying to increase angle. It's trying to do something that isn't possible, but, but, you know, just as damaging um, or it's really going to give you the same end result. If, if I let the, if that, if I let that inside hip start sagging back behind the line of the rope, then I'm going to, I'm going to prematurely change my trajectory. Okay. Okay. Wow. So where does, where does your head go? Well, okay. So in the same, I'm going to just walk through the same exact little piece right here. So it's funny that we're, 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 we're trying to talk about reach, but we have to set it up. So yes. this is why we're doing this. It's not, it's not to you know go back into last episode, but in that, if you don't do these things, there's no feeling of reach or extension is the more what I would like to call it or whatever it is. Yep. But I'm so for me through those, that standpoint, I think like I, I went through this morning and I was, I, I went back all the way back to the Swiss pro on, I went to the, uh, water ski broadcasting website and I went to the actual Swiss pro, not the recap. And I just, you know, clicked. And when I, you know, I was like fast forwarding to a spot I kind of wanted to just start at and I clicked and it was, you know, it went, will, it went, will Asher, uh, Freddie winter and Nate. Right. And all three of them mm -hmm. went and what did I, what was, you know, and thinking about reach and what was the, the most powerful thing to me that I was watching was as these guys come through the, through the center line, their shoulders start to always, they're always facing the boat. And the other thing that I really noticed was there's so such a lack of motion or lack of trying to do something to me, it just yeah. seems like really what they're doing is leaving the back arm straight, allowing the shoulders to to face the boat. These are all like really technical things, but ultimately, what are they really trying to do? They're just leaving their body as an extension of the handle and swinging with the handle path while just allowing their ski to do the same thing. Like, how do I keep my ski on this path? And then... If you're connected to the handle path, the closer you're connected to the handle path, the less excessive forces you'll feel. Thus, the easier it is for you to just hold on to it. I think people yeah. think that you have to do this, this superhuman max power thing off the second. And that's only because your timing is off. You didn't build your speed yep. early enough. And then you're fighting this concept of if I pull longer, I'm going to get wider. If I pull longer, I'm going to get wider. And this is just not the case. We need or to pull harder it. for that matter. Well, right? exactly. Or pull, or pull harder right. for that matter. Right. And again, like, like you watch these, you, you watch these, you know, these guys, whether it's at 41 or, or 35, when, when they're on that line, it doesn't look that difficult. Yes. It looks as soon as you get just a few degrees off, that's that's when it starts to look far more spectacular. 
But I mean, how many 39s did you see in that tournament that looked like they were on cruise control? How many 35s looked like just crazy cruise control, you know? It, and, and it, you know, it is just that they're using max energy and they're, 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 they're powerful, but, but they're not, they're not just leaning their guts out, not until something goes wrong. And then they, you know, they've got to try and, you know, make up for whatever rhythm deficit they're, they're, they're at with the boat. And that's where you start to see people's ingrained responses come out. Right. Yeah. So depending on, depending on when you learned to ski and, and what was your go-to moves when you were younger, you'll see how people, how people react, you know, and yeah. You know, I, w- I would say the person that's that um, I'm uh, proud of a lot is uh, Will Asher in the way that he's evolving as a skier. I, th- I think it really shows that he's a student of the sport and that mm-hmm. he is evolving, even though he's a, a veteran of the sport. So that, that's pretty cool for me to, to watch and, and to see because, you know, yeah, he, he was just so dominant that he could keep doing what he was doing. But he also realized like, oh, I got to I got to be able to go further, more consistently. And how am I going to do that? So. Anyway, yeah. so for me, when I think about it, I'm, I'm thinking about staying with the handle path and orientation of the handle itself in relation to my body anytime I'm connected with it with two hands. So as I, okay. as I ride off the second wake, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling like I'm, my, my back arm is straight, my, my, uh, it's like I'm wearing a harness, right? Like the handle connects through below my belly button and through my hips. But for me, I'm feeling more of just how I'm swinging and connected to that swing. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think about the orientation of my hip or what I'm trying to do there. It's more like I'm just focused on the connectivity of what I have, keeping my core engaged and rotating around it. And then for me, the other thing that's really important, and I, you know, I said this the other day or last time we, we did an episode was, to me, the imaginary buoy line, the width of the buoy, not the actual buoy itself, but the dotted line that runs between one, three and five or two, four and six. For me, yep. that's the top of the swing. OK. And so if I can ride the handle properly, I, that is that is the width that I will still be connected to the to the boat. Um, and riding out there, that's theoretically, you know, very hard to do, but that is the goal of what we're, that we're trying to get closer to that. And when you see, see people skiing out of their mind, they're most likely riding that line closer to that imaginary buoy line. Thus there's less things that can go wrong because they are extension. Okay. So to me, it's really important to see that, to understand it and then, and then work towards riding it. Right. So that's kind of what's happening in those zones. I, you know, we've, we've talked about really if the, if the back arm isn't straight all the way through that, and I'm, I like to bend and pull on mine a little bit, which all that does, it gives me a little bit of a forward component. As I get closer out wider, I do bend a little bit, but I can be, I can share with every one of you that I am consciously working on eliminating that because it does lead a, it has this teeter totter component that I have to deal with and does cause a little bit of slack line as I come through the finish of the turn. Now, you know, obviously the less you, the less you, you deviate from that good path further out, then, then the, it, it doesn't hurt me as bad. But when you get to your hardest pass and whatever that pass is for you, all these little things do stack up and then eventually cause bigger problems. So I yep. too have problems yep. just like you do. So anyway, that's uh, to me, it's really a matter of 
being on that handle path, understanding where we're trying to ride to. And then we get into releasing the handle and going into more of what you were talking about, Trent, like, then you want to think about how you're extending away from the handle, right? Yeah. Like how you're and pivoting I, and around. And I think so. like, yeah. And the way I, the, like the, I think what gets in the way of this, like, like, again, we're going to say you haven't pulled excessively long. Uh, but what, what gets people, um, you know, squaring off that line, if you will, or, or, or you know, or, or squaring to the buoy too early or addressing the buoy too early is just that it, it's, you know, they come off the second wake and they're already looking for the turn. You know, I think it's, it's a, it's a bit of an anxiety thing. It's, you know, um, like I talk about what's really important to me and this is, this is an ask, you know, this is completely, uh, it, it goes hand in hand with this, what we're talking about in terms of, of the reach is I, I want to be very patient leaving the center line or leaving the wakes. I want that to be, you know, as much as we talk about patients coming out of the turn for me, I want, I, that's another one of these ideals that, that, that surfaces in my mind is I want to be strong and patient leaving the wakes because again, I don't, I don't, you can't uh, here. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is something that's always uh, rattles around my brain when I'm thinking about my own skiing is you can't rush to apex. You can't get to apex any faster than, than, than the speed you, you, you set up coming into the wakes. So there's no, there's no quicker way to get to your max apex. The only thing you can do is, is shorten your apex. So you can apex quicker by not swinging as high, but you can't get to your highest potential apex any faster than the speed you've already created. If that, I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's too, uh, you know, too abstract, but, but it's a, it's a thought that really guides me. So as I come through the center line, I'm going to just be tight and I'm going to keep moving with that handle, with that, with that line of the rope. And I'm going to go until, like you, like you said, I'm going to, that's, I'm going to do that until buoy width because there's no point rushing from center line out. You're not going to, you're not going to win any battles there. It's already, that's that ideal or, or your best potential swing or your best potential path has already been set. So patience off the wake, I think is a really good one. No matter, you know, if your line is perfect or if your line is just good enough, rushing at that point, isn't going to help you. So, so now you get to, you know, you've done a great job and you've stayed connected outside of the handle path all the way to the width of the buoy. Now, when, when that hand comes off, Rossi, if, if things have gone really well, does something need to happen at this point? Is there, is there like a, a, an, do you direct the reach in any way um, in particular? I, well, my my theory that, that I like to think about is that actually the handle, once it goes to, once it goes, to, it hits the buoy, the buoy line, my yeah. philosophy is the handle's actually kind of staying right there. That's the top of the swing. And I'm leaving mm-hmm. the handle to run on that path for us for a moment while yeah. I extend away from it. Yeah. So I'm not trying to take the handle another arc out and go out with me another four feet the handle is is at the width that i need it to so now i'm letting go so that i can extend and and ski away from that handle and then to finish off that thought my thought is that handle will still be on that buoy line as Mm -hmm. i apex and then have the torque to come back into it that's kind of how i see it Where, where are you at with that yeah, um, really similar because that's a question I get a lot because you can watch a lot of different skiers and and you can see some different inputs. You know, you know, I, I 
Some people appear to be reaching especially low. Some people appear to be reaching especially forward. But but again, if you just appreciate that, that there's only one place for that handle to go. So um, <clears throat> high reach versus low reach is really just that's that's not really a thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's your, what you're seeing is where is their body in relation to the handle. So what I'm doing is again, as, as I swing up to, you know, to as close to that buoy line as the length of my, you know, depends on what line length I'm on, but you know, when I swing up to that buoy width or as close as the length my rope will allow, then when that hand comes off again, I'm being firm with it, meaning I'm not just letting it go because then it's going to kill my outward direction. Um, I do feel like there is a, a bit of a forward component to like if you want to call it reach but but only forward to the to the point that that that's where the path was going anyway you know you know what i mean like so i'm not going to i'm not going to reach it i'm not going to put it ahead of my hips i'm going to let it continue to move forward with my hips so i i do feel a forward component but again it's not forward ahead of my body it's just forward on the path that i've, I've already set up if that makes any sense um and again but i'm going to be firm with it i'm i'm going to I'm going to like, if I think like feed is maybe a better word than reach, I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to let it feed away from my body only to the extent that I've, that I've gone out. So if I don't have the outward trajectory and the speed to get to full, full, like reach, that's fine. I'm I'm not going to reach just for the sake of reaching. I'm going to let it go until I, until I feel like it's not going out anymore. And then at that exact moment is when, you know, everything's already coming back to the inside and, and my, my skis starting to come back through anyway. I, I like that idea of what you were talking about. I mean, I think that, listen, 99% of your falls are when, when you have one hand, mm. when you have one hand off the, off the line. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. so Trent, what you're really doing as you're like, what you're saying is that you're skiing away or you're, you're, how did you call it again? And I'm, I'm black. I'm uh, um, letting it out. What, was that what you yeah, said? Or feeding, yeah, yeah, feeding or it out. Feeding it out. Feeding it out. Okay, yeah, feeding it yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, a couple things that I, I want to make sure that I think our listeners understand and, and that you can confirm. Feeding it out is is still you're feeding your body out away from the handle. You're not feeding yes. the handle away from your body. One hundred percent. And I'm going to use. I'm going to. And again, because when that hand first came off my outside hand first came off, I, I was still connected to my hip. I'm going to let it feed out only to the point where there's no more out to go. You know what I mean? I'm never going to reach into nothing. Correct. I, I want to feel the pylon and then I'm going to feel it as I'm moving away and up and out and away. And then the second that there is no more away, that's that's the extent of my reach. You know, because I have a few skiers that, that, you know, just, you know, where they are on the learning curve, they often don't get full extension and, and they have that, you know, I was wondering, is that a problem? I'm like, no, that's, it's, it's not a problem. It's, it's indicative of your, of your direction and your speed, but you actually, you, you know, letting that, 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 that reach be choked to like a three quarter reach because that's as much extension as you have. That's actually better than the guy who goes full reach into a loose line just because it looks right. And potentially I was gonna say it feels right, but it's but because it looks right or it looks familiar. Right. And I use, I use that same concept a little bit to guard on some of the things that I do mess up, like my back arm pulling my body a little bit as I, as I extend away from the handle or, or feed it out, as you, you were saying, I, yeah. I probably only go to three quarter, even to run a 39, 
Like even to run a really, yeah. really short rope, I don't need to be fully extended laying out. Now at, at 43, you better, I mean, at that kind of short line lengths where the handle is that far inside of the buoy yeah. line, then you're going to have to be at close to that full <laughs> extension. But for, 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 sure. for our listeners, and I mean, I know, like that, going, I know that we have some, some pros, uh, you know, listening, but for the majority of our listeners, you will never have to get to that point. But the idea is to understand what you're really trying to go for. And mm. look, when you like the way Trent's saying, feed it out, what he's really saying is I've never lost connection to the boat. I know exactly, exactly where yes. I am. I'm never going to put myself in a position of what we call before, like the hope and pray, like where you, you, you can be really good at it, but you're really just guessing as to where I drop into this turn or fall and rotate to catch the line. And yeah, we get great at that, but that's not what we want as our kind of base understanding and, and where we're trying to go with our skiing. And every single time you've had some of the best runs of your life and you know, those, you know, those ones, when you get to the gate and you go, Whoa, you were closer to this line, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I got something sure. else, something else I really, really want to bring up for this episode before yeah. it gets too late. Okay. Go counter rotation. Yes. People love to talk about it. The longer I'm in this game, the less that even is part of anything that I think about. But I want to get your take on it. You're coaching a lot of people. I, yeah. you know, people like, oh man, I was working on my counter rotation on this set. And so I kind of wanted to get your take on it. And um, yeah. then so, I'm, I'll, I'll give mine a little bit too. Well, yeah. Okay. So, because that, yes, that, that, I'm glad you did that. Um, sorry. I'm, I'm glad you introduced this idea because this is 100%. Um, part of the reach process. So, so, okay. If, if you're just going to go, okay, like fundamentally in terms of, you know, just the principles of movement. Y yes, there is a, there is a counter rotated aspect to, to turning with speed, right? I mean, whether it's coming into a berm on a mountain bike um, or, you know, a, a high speed turn on, on a, on a motorcycle or, or turning on a skateboard, you know, it, it's, it's that inside hip, that 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 displaces that that gets your center mass moving in the right direction. Da, da, da. But here, I, I just think back to like the early two thousands when like this dramatic. I this okay. I think the way it came about is people were were just they were doing a little more research outside of water skiing. They were you know they were they were talking to people in other sports or, or viewing other sports or they were doing other sports, and and the idea of counter rotation sort of took. Like it, it just kind of took over in a way that I watched a heck of a lot of skiers purposefully lose their hip orientation coming through the second whitewash only to stand up and rotate back out again. So what, so, but, but again, like in, in doing that, like we've already discussed, they, they lost their direction, they lost their outward swing and then but then they had a big dramatic counter rotation in. So, so just, I'll wrap up where my brain's going this really quickly. The, if, if you have the need for a huge dramatic counter rotation, or you see someone with a very pronounced, huge counter, then you know that they lost hip orientation to begin with. And that's, you know, I'll keep saying that term to death, but that's just something, you know, that's just where my brain goes when I'm thinking about keeping my direction. So if, if I've kept that hip that inside hip connected 
and moving with the line of the rope all the way through the swing, all the way up to the buoy width, and that outside hand comes off, it's already, I'm already counter rotated enough, or, or I'm already in the right position to turn. Um, just, and again, you know, because of all the stuff that's online, like watch the skiers run their best passes and, and look at how little movement there there is nowadays with these, like these top, top guys and girls who really have it figured out from the moment that hand comes off, you don't even see them moving forward anymore because they, they're already there because they've done, again, they've done such a good job into the wakes that the transition happened far earlier than it was happening even 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, certainly 20 years ago. And they've, so now they're on this line where, where they just, the, the need for all these, um, all these additional movements is just minimized again, unless you come in with square hips and, and your weight on your heels. And now, like I call it manufacturing a turn. If you have to manufacture a turn, then yes, you are standing up. You are going to counter to some extent to try and get that hip or your, or your center mass leading again. And you're trying to find a tight rope, all those things that, you know, None of that will have to happen if you just take care of A, B, and C to begin with. What, wh- where do you, you know, when you get posed that question, because it is, it's been, the last couple of years, it's been really, you know, it's been a common topic in terms of, are we letting go of that ideal or did, was it, were we, was it misguided or wh- where does your brain go? I, I just, well, first off, I had a whole bunch of things I was going to say, but you so eloquently you went, went right through there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I went so, but that you actually, you nailed it better than I could have nailed it. So ultimately, you know what I was left after you finished talking was, Trent, how much do you work on counter rotation? Yeah, zero. Thank you. Yeah. End of discussion. Yeah, zero. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Really, yeah. honestly. I mean, counter rotation is, is something that you can get instantaneous results because if you throw your outside, if you imagine really quickly winding your upper body to the outside, it's going to torque your lower body to do the equal and opposite reaction to the inside. So yes, you can create this moment of inward pressure and hard turn, but now your body's not in the right place. So it has to unwind to grab the handle again and or connect in the way that it's very difficult. So ultimately, I think what we're, we're really talking about is let's be athletic. And when you watch someone play a sport, you don't see these crazy excessive moves unless it's pure desperation, right? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. where I'm seeing. So if you're following what Trent and I are saying, then the need to focus on something like that is really nothing more than a band-aid. Is there some of these components, are there some of these components happening? Yes, but there is, there shouldn't be any kind of focus on it. Like if you're asking me, as I pass through that imaginary buoy line, my hand comes off, the handle's kind of running down that buoy line as I extend and rotate up around that point to the apex, the line comes tight. I um, uh, I step into my turn. I fall in my direction of travel. My outside hand comes on. The handle never comes towards my body. I don't sweep the handle. The handle, it, it, the way we talk about it, uh, from a long time ago was a pole plant and snow skiing, right? Like you extend mm-hmm. that handle a, a, in the direction that you want to eventually end up, right? So we're we have a rotational component as we're arcing up to the apex and then we're leaving the handle where it is and we're stepping into that handle. And if we've extended all the way, we actually have rope tension there as well. 
So you have an ability to feel your, you know, uh, grip the handle, the hand that's holding the handle. You can feel the ropes, the, the pylon. You can feel it through your elbow or your shoulder or whatever you want to do right there. And you step into this turn. And theoretically, as I come through, my body and hips and everything are coming through. And my outside hand connects to that handle in my position. I want to be right at the buoy line, buoy line, not apex back to buoy line. Remember that dotted line I was talking about my, my hip, my hands, everything are aligned and I'm catching the handle there so that I can start to accelerate right from my most optimal width. And that's really what's happening there uh, for me. Now, every error that I make leading into a turn will directly show me at the finish. Like if I need, if I want to sweep, sweep my handle to the outside, like sweep my handle to my outside hip, that means that I did not stay connected to that handle all the way to apex that I was looking for tightness. You know, I'm looking for where, where can I, where can I balance, where can I balance this turn from how many turns are perfect? And the answer to that is probably zero. I don't think anybody has the perfect turn, but we are still trying to envision these, these, what is possible deal. So you'll see me make an error. You'll see me maybe rock my shoulder back, a li- my, my inside shoulder back a little bit and pull the handle in. Do you know what I'm doing right there? I'm looking for tight because if I know where the rope comes tight, yeah, yeah, then yeah. I know when I put my hand on, I can then grab it and then do a, uh, basically a slow letdown from there right back into my, into my, uh, into my stacked or balanced or, or my, my better stance. Now, why am I doing that? Because that's called good slack. That's the good way to take slack by falling and not knowing where that slack is and just hoping you catch it. And then you slam onto it while in your stacked position. (laughs) That's the slack that makes your coach cringe and makes you have serious off the water problems, you know, that's where, that's where you're going to yeah, start. Yeah. Or, start, or like, start having or problems. crazy or, yeah, or crazy crashes too, right? Yes. Completely out of control crashes. So I think those uh, are, that's just kind of the thought where, where, where does that lead you or yeah, how do you, know, how do you no, think about that zone? Yeah. No, like just I, I, where I was, what I want to say, you know, this, what, what you were talking about, like, you know, feeling the handle and feeling the robot, like I always think of it and, and I, and I relay this to people I'm seeing, but too is, is, Tension on the rope is your source of information. Okay. So like I'm talking about, you know, controlling the rate at which you're letting the handle feed away from your body to, to time it with where your outward drift or, or where your max extension is going to be. If you don't have, if you don't feel the pylon, you don't know where you are. And, and, you know, and I call it like free falling into a turn. You know, if I, if I get pulled to the inside and I end up having to reach and I, and I'm no longer fully extended away from the pylon, I no longer can feel you, even if, I don't have slack in the water. I, but if I don't have that like constant line tension, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, and, and that is where the, out of my onside turn, where that channel to the, that handle to the chest is going to come from. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm seeking information. I need to know where the boat is um, with that tight rope through the entire reach. You're, you're going to have that source of information. You're going to have, you're going to understand things like you're going to be able to tell how fast you're going. Because if you can feel the pylon, you you can tell if you're swinging up on it still, whether you're at that momentary pause where where your, your speed and the boat speed are the same, and conversely, you can or in addition, you can feel when the when the pylon is starting to move down the course 
ahead of you and at what rate it's happening without, without your connection to the pylon through the entire reach. So again, even if that means you're not doing a full extension without that feeling, that connection to the pylon, your source of information is, is completely gone. So, so don't reach, just you know, hold the handle and, and let yourself ski away from it, you know, and, and your speed and direction will determine how big of a reach you end up doing.